Welcome to another edition of the Wolf Packers Show. I'm Matt Carter. I'm joined uh, by my fellow editor of the Wolfpacker.com, Ethan McDowell. And uh, we're here to talk about some football. It's, it's unofficially now football season. But before we do that, let's hit a few uh, housekeeping items, try to keep this short and simple. Uh, this is a great time to be subscribing to the Wolfpacker.com. I'm going to give you a hint, hint. The next week or two will be very exciting in NC State football and recruiting and everything in NC State athletics. Uh, we will be having it all covered for you. So if there is a time to sign up for the website, now is that time. Lock it in. Get yourself signed up. You'll be uh, getting the, what we humbly submit the best coverage of NC State football during the season that you're going to find. Um, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at The Wolfpacker. Speaking of YouTube, if you uh, want to watch this uh, Wolfpacker show slash podcast, check it out on YouTube.com and give us a follow while you're at it. You can also um, get this podcast wherever you may download and upload your episodes. Um if you do, give us a rating, give us a comment, tell us what you think. That's helpful. And then last but not least, a big shout out to our sponsor, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G as in girl, U-E-S-H-O-P as in Peter.com for all your natural cannabis needs. They're safe. They're legal products that can help you with sleep deprivation. Maybe you have suffer from anxiety or have some uh, chronic pain issues, these uh, products may help you. Maybe you've tried a bunch of stuff that hasn't helped. Why not try these? This is a husband and wife outfit, small company. Husband's a disabled veteran who started this business. They are online with a real live chat feature with an actual human being on the other end to help you out, guide you for your best selection of what your need may be. They're also on a message board. If you have any comments, you can drop one in. And they will come by and answer for you. So with all of that out of the way, uh, buzzing last yesterday at ACC kickoff for NC State. They, I, I noted in my news and views, maybe the ACC was saving the best for last because NC State was the last team to go through the uh, car wash, if you will. Um a lot was said. Dave Dorn was there along with uh, Peyton, linebacker Peyton Wilson, quarterback Brennan Armstrong, and corner Aiden White. We'll talk about a lot about what was said, but I just want to get general impression, Ethan, after listening to them. Everybody's glass half full this time of the year. Right? This is the time of the year where they're actually somewhat excited to be in front of the media versus week seven when they're – Dave Dorn is probably dreading Monday when he has to go do his press conference and just wants to get it over. Um, just your general thoughts of, of what you saw and heard yesterday at ACC kickoff from NC State. This was my uh, second ACC kickoff after um, you know joining the Wolfpacker last year. And uh, first, I just love the event. It feels like the start of football season. Like you said, there's just a ton of positive energy in the building. So it was very exciting to be back there. And, um, you know, the Wolfpack, to me, I, I don't know if you got the same impression, it just felt loose compared to last year. Last year, there was all these incredibly lofty expectations coming in. Devin Leary was the preseason player of the year. And um, 
it was widely presumed that th- that was going to be the year NC State took the lead. Now this year, I think there there is obviously less external pressure. But what was made very clear during the press conferences and the breakout interviews we had afterwards is the expectations remain the same. The, the, the Wolfpack, they know, they know who they lost. They know who they lost a ton of all ACC guys, guys who are crucial to this program, but they feel that they are just as talented, just as deep, and just as ready to make a potential run at an ACC championship. And it was really fun to talk to the guys to um, get an impression of why they believe they're positioned to make that run. I, I think you, you know. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you hit it right on the nail. I mean, loose is a good word, and um, this isn't a knock on Devin Leary. I was a big fan of Devin Leary, but I felt like you know Devin Leary was very, trying to present a polished presentation. I felt like last year, and I feel like Brennan Armstrong's almost like I've been here, done that. You know, uh, there was a different. And I don't loose is a good way to put it. Like I think. That's an accurate way to put it. I mean, Brennan Armstrong, when I was listening to him doing his breakout, was very blunt. Uh, yeah, I played like crap last year. I can't – I'm not going to the NFL being Brennan Armstrong of last year. And he was talking about how everybody said, can Brennan Armstrong find that Brennan Armstrong in the past? You're like, well, it didn't go anywhere. It was only a year or two ago. I mean, you know, he was very honest. I thought Peyton Wilson was very – honest and and very um reflexive of his of his injuries and and his time at nc state and um it's interesting dave dorn was asked a few times about you know entry state relative to expectations how did they perform number one i don't know about you Ethan. i think he's a little bit uh maybe miffed at the right word i don't know that perception that nc state underachieved Last year, I mean, relative to expectations in preseason, eight and five wasn't what was expected, but relative to starting four different quarterbacks, multiple games, eight and five is very, very good season. And I think that's his point. But he, but he did acknowledge in the, the breakout that, yeah, yeah, we do. Maybe the culture of this program is more receptive to being an underdog with a chip on the shoulder. I mean, that might be the way the culture is sort of built at NC State. So I'm curious what your thoughts are, because that was an interesting back and forth when he was asked about, do you perform better when the expectations are, are lower? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think it just lends itself to the uh, blue-collar um, culture he's built at NC State over the past um, 10 going into season number 11 here. I think that just kind of lends itself to – um, performing better when you're doubted, when there's that chip on your shoulder. And um, like you can, I think, yeah, I mean, shoot, you see teams like Georgia, the, the, even though manufacture some sort of chip on their shoulder. Um, but it, it's a little more difficult when you're getting picked to potentially go win the ACC. And this year they're not. They're getting put in the middle of the pack. And um, I, I think there is a pretty wide gap from where the team thinks they are in the Murphy Center, like the general – feeling around the Murphy Center and what national media and um, what some local media believe as well is what the reasonable expectation is for this program this year. And um, um, I, I don't think he would ever necessarily say it, but um, I think Doran and probably the rest of the staff, they probably love it. They're probably enjoying that. 
yeah. to um, being able to point to that in the locker room this year and get the guys fired up for fall camp because they are fired up. I'm talking to uh, Brennan and Aiden and Peyton yesterday, um, especially Peyton. We talked about it for a bit with the linebackers. Um, I feel like they have something to prove. Brennan said the receivers, like they very much feel like they have something to prove after um, kind of underperforming last season. Um, he said that was one of the things that stood out the moment he got on campus was that the receivers were just eager to get out there and get to work, which um, Brennan said as a, you know, someone who's been through it constantly, he said, that's all I could ask for. So it, it's, it's really excited to see that it seems like their um, mentality is in the right place going into fall camp. And there's just a lot of excitement right now. What's your guess on where NC State will be rated preseason ACC poll? And if you're willing to submit, where would you have them on your list at preseason? Remember to our listeners, I know Ethan knows this, uh, no more divisions. And Dave Dorn told me during the media breakout, along with the other other medias there, um, overdue, I think, was the word he used. on the, the, the scrapping of divisions. Where do you think they fall? I put mine out there last week on the subscriber to the Wolfpacker.com can see it. I'll, uh, I'll give a little tease. I had NC State top five. Where do you think they'll fall? Where will you put them in your rankings? I mean, all the news outlets who have put theirs out recently have them in, like, I feel like the five to, like, seven range. Mm-hmm. which, um, like I said, I think that's a little low. I'd probably have them um, four with – I think they have an argument for three. Um, if, if you can't tell, I'm pretty optimistic <laughs> on this team. But I think right now it's the – there's a clear tier one right now in the ACC with Clemson and FSU. Those are the two favorites in the conference going into the fall. And then you have that second tier of um, UNC and um, like Miami's getting a lot of preseason hype. Louisville, I think in part because they have a – pretty easy schedule this year but um, Louisville as well um, just teams like that who um, you know maybe return a lot of guys the Dukes of the world and NC State somewhere in there and just based on the stability the potential for the new offense and um, you're bringing in an all ACC quarterback to go with uh, you know one of the best defenses in the country I, I think I would put them sol- I'm going to put them solidly at number four right below Sorry, Wolfpack fans, right below UNC. I think um, UNC, it's a boomer bust pick for me just because when you have a top five NFL draft pick like Drake May, they're going to win some games just because they have Drake May alone. And I do really like the tools they brought, the players they brought in to like supplement them on offense, the receivers they brought in, brought in some exciting playmakers. So we'll see what actually happens during the season. But going into the fall, my top five, I don't know. I'll put like Clemson, FSU, UNC, NC State at four, and to fill out the top five, maybe Pitt, because I feel like I doubt Pitt every year, and then they manage to end up competing for the conference championship. <laughs> what I noted, doubt. I think Pitt and NC State sort of have similar uh, profiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very low. Both of them are low key. Both of them do excellent jobs identifying and developing talent. Both of them tend to favor hardworking blue-collar approaches to their programs. Yeah, I think Pitt might be a little bit more, um, I don't know, trash-talking is the right word, but they, they will 
they're known for, um, you know, having an edge. Uh, Pat Narduzzi certainly is not afraid to speak his mind from time to time. But I do feel like Pitt and NC State have similar program profiles where doubt them at your own risk because more times than not, you can count on them being a solid at least 500 team in the ACC and and probably at least eight wins every season in the ACC. Uh, so I kind of agree with you. Doubt Pitt at your own Pale. And I agree with you, North Carolina is the boomer bust. Everybody's going to have Florida State Clemson 1-2. I get the sense Florida State may end up being the preseason pick. I'm more of the mindset to be the champ. you got to beat the champ, and Clemson's been the champ. I'm with you. Yeah, so I'm, I, I have Clemson at the top. Let's not forget, Clemson changed offensive coordinators, and that might make a big difference um, this, this season for them. My issue with North Carolina and the same I had with Duke was I don't know how much last year's success was attributed to a very weak schedule for both of those teams. And if you look at North Carolina in particular, a slew of close wins. I think at one point they were 6-0 and in games decided by seven points or less against a subpar schedule. I don't know how sustainable and translatable that is when the schedule gets harder going forward, but you're right. Drake, Drake May is, is, is a potential franchise quarterback. And then Duke with Riley Leonard, same situation. I mean, he's a potential difference maker quarterback, and they return more than UNC. But I think it was David Hell that noted they may have statistically had the easiest schedule of any Power 5 team in the country last year. So this year they opened with Clemson. So this, that, that flips in a hurry. Um. And I'm interested in Louisville. They they seem to be the media darling. And I'm not sure I understand why, but maybe I will get proven wrong on Louisville. So if I had to guess, I'm going to guess that Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Duke, Louisville, and maybe Pitt, Miami could all conceivably be ahead of NC State in the preseason pickings which would, I think, put NC State like eight. I wasn't doing the math in my head, but... I, I can't fathom putting Miami ahead of NC State in the preseason. Happens every year, though. Every year. You, you know, it's weird, though. Miami actually has one of the best ACC records in Dave Dorn's tenure. Hmm. Um, but yet we always associate them with underachieving and failing to live up to expectations. And they've been pretty consistently good. They just haven't been Miami national title winner yeah. in that strip. But I wanted to talk back on a point you touched on. One of the reasons why I think NC State will exceed expectations relative to outside uh, media, if you will, the, co- the coordinator factors. You mentioned the new look offense, the creativity on offense, and you're writing a story for a website about how much of a difference that can make. I noted this in a couple of in one of the pieces I wrote. It almost feels like Dave Dorn thinks he has his best coordinator combination since he's been at NC State, and that's the feeling you get. Like when when he talked about it, it almost feels like. I got a, a duo that'll make life very hard each week for opposing team to prepare for us. They're objectively going to be a hard team to game plan for. We talked about it yesterday. It's You have two really unique systems. And like you said, I'm writing a story on it that um, 
you know, you know, whoever you talk to at media day, um, people I've talked to behind the scenes and just all of that, it, it, it's hard to overemphasize that like Anaya's offense is very unique. It, it's not just your typical like spread or air raid offense. There's a lot of unique elements that teams are going to have to spend a lot of time preparing for. And, um, that's a benefit that the more time that opposing team has to uh, focus on NC state, it's less time it can focus on itself, which is good for NC state as the season kind of progresses. And of course, um, coach Gibson's defense also has unique elements and u- uses linebackers, defensive linemen in unique ways and um, unique blitz packages that keep teams on their toes. And <laughs> I mean, the history has shown over the past couple of years that uh, it's tough to prepare for it. Many teams can't, which is why he's been, so good so it, you know I agree I I think it's not hard to argue that this is the best coordinator combination you have because you have uh, arguably the best offensive coordinator in the country and then um, one of the most um, experienced with offensive coordinators in the country with a unique scheme with uh, shoot a quarterback he's incredibly familiar with and has established success with so I think Doran knows that he's not going to have to not necessarily hand. I don't know if hands off is the right word, but he's not going to have to micromanage either side of the ball this year because he has two veteran coordinators who know exactly what they want to do. And it seems like Doran has complete trust in both of them to uh, implement their systems and get things going this fall. I think he said that uh, Robert and I, the new offensive coordinator, who he noted he's coached against, I think he said four times. Um, uh, maybe at four different stops. I can't remember exactly. But obviously, he played him twice at, when he was at Virginia. He played him last year at Syracuse when he was an assistant coach at Kansas. They played him when an I was at Texas Tech. That Robert and I were in the top 10% in most creative. You know, he said, I'm not going to go out there and say he's the most creative offensive coordinator in the country, but he's in the top 10% in creativity. And I think to your point each week, it's, an evolved, it's unique and it evolved. I think that's what Dave Dorn most appreciates is that Robert and I truly, a lot of people say we're going to mold our offense to fit our personnel, but, you know, they they stay true to the system, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they stay true to the schemes and maybe they're calling play the best fit, their best playmakers. And I think Robert and I is one of those exceptions where he actually does you know, he has schemes, he has systems, don't get me wrong, but it's actually molded and developed around the skill set, starting with the quarterback. Brennan Armstrong said that Robert and I let Brennan Armstrong be Brennan Armstrong and let him play freely, and that's when he's at his best. Um, and, and, you know, I, and I, you could tell from Brennan Armstrong's breakout session with the media that he didn't feel that way last year at Virginia. He felt a little bit more restricted. Um, he try, had tried to buy in. It just wasn't a good fit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that the number one reason why NC State shouldn't be slept on this year. They're going to be slept on because NC State tends to be slept on, but maybe that might explain that looseness of Dave Dorn and the confidence that he sort of exuded yesterday. He knows he's got an a, a experienced veteran duo that knows how to make life very hard on opposing teams. And, you know, Matt, it's something we've talked about at length from last year where maybe the offense last year was 
kind of designed or structured around letting the defense kind of control games, right? Not not tire, not doing short drives that are going to result in the defense getting tired out late in games and, you know, keeping them ready. But this year, from kind of talking to the folks at Media Day, um, they're going to embrace this, like, high-tempo, explosive play offense because um, I believe it was Aiden White who I talked to who um, said, like, yeah, the, def- the defense can handle that. Like, we're not worried about um, – you know, being on the field a lot more because um, especially Aiden was saying they're deeper. Like, that might be a surprise to hear after you le- lose Tanner Ingle, Cyrus Fagan, Dariq Pitts all in the secondary. But um, Aiden was saying they're deeper this year and they're not on Tyler Baker Williams as well. But yeah, Aiden was saying they're going to be deeper this year. Him and Shaheem aren't going to have to play every play of every game. They're going to have a rotation going at corner. And um so there was just a lot of confidence that um, the scheme change um, is not going to affect the defense all that much. I think, too, there's a lot of confidence that the loss of personnel, well, they'll miss them. You don't replace great Thomas or Isaiah yeah. before or Tanner. I think Tanner Engel sort of the underrated loss mm-hmm. on the defense. He meant so much for him at that safety position. There's going to be a drop-off on the defense. Um, but I think there's a lot of confidence that this drop-off is not going to be near as steep as some people may think, just looking on paper at what the defense might be. And I, I thought Dave Dorn made a sort of hint at that. Look, if we get linebacker play from Devon Betty, Caden Fordham, uh, Jalen Scott, if those three guys step up and, and produce, the defense is going to be really fine. And he, he had a lot of – you know, he's very comfortable with the new safety duo of Devon Boykin and Jakeen Harris. Uh, you know, they brought in Robert Kennedy to replace Tyler Baker Williams at nickel. You have one of the best corner duo in the con- in, in the country in the defensive line depth. Both Tony Gibson told us earlier, and now they've done. They feel like it's as good as it's ever been on the defensive line depth. You know, if they stay healthy, I think it really just comes down to the linebackers. Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Your favorite, I'm going to touch on one other topic here shortly, but I want to get to your favorite quote. You wrote down the 10 best quotes from uh, your favorite quote or favorite memory from ACC kickoff. I, I would say it was probably just, um, well, the one that stood out to me might have been about the ticket sales for this year, which um, shout out to Wolfpack Nation because um, as of last week, they had like, around 2000 tickets left and that's not for the home opener that's not for season tickets no there are 2000 total tickets on sale for the rest of the season that is a um historic show of support for wolfpack nation um that number um kind of surprised me i would have thought we would have been clear in that mark last year but um it, it's cool that uh, wolfpack nation's really showing out and um supporting the team and then um one of the Conversations that really stood out, I don't have the exact quote for it, but um, I was talking to Brennan about about Trent Penix, and um, I asked him, I was like, does he remind you of any of the guys you've played with in the past? And he was like, no, absolutely not, because um, he said he is completely unique. He is one of the biggest and fastest guys he has ever played with, and um, as long as he's healthy, uh, it's clear Brennan has a lot 
of um, faith in him and a lot of excitement around him. And that, that, that duo could be a special combination this year to watch out for. Uh, my favorite moment was Chip Alexander pointing out to me that it, it's not Brennan Armstrong, apparently. It's Brennan Man Armstrong. His name tag at the uh, breakout session for the media had a little bit of a typo in his first name. Uh, it's two N's, as in Nancy in his name, but they only had one. The second N was replaced by an M, and it was Brennan Man Armstrong. But it was the end of a long week. We can forgive them for one mistake at the end of a, but I would like to see the, uh, his NC State teammates start calling him Bryn Man for the rest of the season. Uh, I also, by the way, good article from Ethan about, yeah, he got, he got there early. Um, he beat me through there by about four hours and got to spend some time with the UNC uh, cookoff. They, they let off on Thursday, and I thought there was a very interesting story about how the UNC players were very open about the rivalry with NC State, their feelings about NC State, and their frustrations with the way the last two years have gone uh, for them. So uh, I, that's a fun story to read. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, Ethan, but I, I thought that was a fun read. Yeah, it, I, I feel like <clears throat> UNC has in the past – not shied away from the rivalry, but like kind of dismissed it. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's a little difficult to do that when you've lost two consecutive games to the program. And honestly, the conversations I had with the UNC representatives were um, pretty indicative of that. Um, um, Cedric Gray was straight up. He was, <laughs> he was like, I haven't won a NC State game as a starter. And he, he really wants to. That, that It's not like... I don't know. It's not like Michigan putting a beat Georgia period in their practice like they have this off season. But uh, it's clear that um, they really care about that NC State game, just like NC State really cares about their matchups with UNC. Um, I asked Drake May about it. He was um, a lot more diplomatic talking about the rivalry than he was last year when he had some um, bulletin board material comments about NC State. But um, again, like. I think that loss really stung for them last year after how it ended, especially it being at home for them. And um, it was really interesting to talk to them and I appreciate them taking the time to discuss it. Um, and uh, one of the interesting things I talked to Mac Brown about is he just was talking about uh, just how strong football is in North Carolina right now. I mean, you have, we were talking about the top of the ACC earlier and you have like four teams in the ACC right now, all in North Carolina who could all be in the top half of the conference this year. So it's exciting time. Oh, and um, yes, four, right? Yeah. Yes. Wake Duke. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> it's exciting time to be playing college football in North Carolina. And there's a lot of good rivalries right now. And it's going to be an exciting season. Should be a very, very exciting season and already a lot of buzz before the season. You know, Colorado jumping to the big Big 12 during the middle of uh, ACC kickoff. And obviously, it's going to be a big storyline for a while. But we finally can kind of put that, hopefully, to the backbone and just enjoy football this fall uh, without worrying about conference futures for a few months. But um, wouldn't be remiss without – just getting your curious thoughts of that move from Colorado to the Big 12. And, and you know, what are you thinking? Of, I mean, you, we only spent one day at ACC kickoff, but obviously we followed from a distance. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And we heard Jim Phillips' comments, read Jim Phillips' comments. And what's your thoughts about the ACC and you know, the strength of the conference at the moment? I mean, I was talking to someone else about this pretty recently. Uh, the ACC is arguably fifth out of the Power Five in terms of just conference prestige going into this year. And when you look at it, I mean, the Pac-12 has the potential to actually be really, really good before it kind of um, starts to um, blow up after this year. But um, th- there's a lot of good teams in the conference that year. Of course, the Big Ten and the SEC are, always have the potential to be really good. Then you have the Big 12, who we'll, we'll see how Texas does. But they, they have the potential to be really solid as well. So you're in a position where everyone else, everything else is starting to shuffle and um, we honestly haven't heard that much buzz about the ACC and what they plan on doing. Are they going to add anyone? ESPN's David Hale had a report that they are open to expanding. <clears throat> I don't know what direction you'd go with that. Do you? I remember there was buzz last year about the potential Pac-12 ACC merger. Is that something that they try to put yeah. Oregon and Washington try to do like a East and West type deal? I don't know. But we'll see. Um, I think it all hinges on two things, keeping Clemson and FSU in the fold. Can't have them bolting for another conference. You kind of need them to stick around. And then um, Notre Dame, if if the ACC wants to survive as a conference, they probably need to convince Notre Dame to be a member uh, and for football, I should say. Um, they've made it very clear from Jim Phillips's remarks that, they are not interested in doing so. But if the ACC wants to continue as a Power Five conference, I think that would need to happen. And I don't really see any other alternate routes right now. I'm interested to hear what you ha- you think on that, though. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame's a game changer, but as you mentioned, Jim Phillips did acknowledge there's been a lot of conversations about it, but Notre Dame's not budging. I think a lot depends on what they get from NBC. Uh, how economically viable that television contract may be. Uh, and uh, interestingly, they, they hired a new director of athletics who happened to be an NBC Sports executive. So I, I don't think that's coincidence. I think that was purposeful. You know, you're right. I mean, it will be interesting to see. I, in terms of football this year, one of my biggest pet peeves is the, the perception the Big Ten gets that I think is in a lot of ways undeserved. Um, it's basically been Ohio State and everybody else in terms of actually producing. And then the Wolverines came around the last couple of years. They've upped their game. But, again, when they got into the college football playoffs, they got, you know, their butts whipped by Georgia. And then they suffered one of the biggest upsets in college football playoff history when they got beat by TCU, who then got their butt whipped in historic fashion by Georgia in the title game. And I always feel like the Big Ten gets way too much credit. And I get it. It's the traditions of those programs, the size of the brand of those programs that dominate the media attention and media markets. Um, they generate revenue. They generate clicks. They generate ratings. All of that I understand. But the actual performance on the field of the Big Ten is actually, I would respectfully argue, not better than the ACC over the last Two years. I mean, it's very similar conferences. They had top heavy with one or two teams, 
And then there's a big drop-off. And you see it every bowl season, every NCAA basketball tournament season, um, where they, they've been a dud more time than I. They would get record amounts of teams in the NCAA tournament, and none of them would make the Sweet 16, or only like one would make the Sweet 16. So that part's kind of one of my pet peeves. But I agree with you. This is a huge season for ACC football to establish credibility. Florida State, are they back? It really helped. If you would have a, someone joining Clemson as a nationally relevant top five, top ten team. And then also, you know, there are a lot of games in which the ACC can leave a mark. NC State, one of them, Dave Dorn talked about the lack of ACC success against Notre Dame. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, Notre mm-hmm. Dame during the COVID year when they joined the league went undefeated. I think last year Notre Dame went undefeated in ACC games. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, NC State Nick needs to beat a Notre Dame. Um, Florida State needs to beat an LSU again, like they did last year. You didn't need those outcomes to come to establish the credibility. And long range, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I thought it was so, it was interesting that Phil, Jim Phillips actually pointed that out during his press conference about the importance of getting off to a quick start. I I think everything. Phillips says in that address is very purposeful. I, so I think um, it was interesting to include um, kind of the, not necessarily a call out, but the mention of, hey, we can't start slow this year. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. A lot of early games and a lot of games with the ACC will be underdogs. Um, mm-hmm. I think Virginia maybe plays Tennessee. Is that right? Week one or so? Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tall order to expect a rebuilding majorly rebuilding Tennessee program to to upset um, one of the top 10 teams in the country last year. But, you know, I see how respectable they look. But that'll be a story to kind of watch throughout the fall in terms of the long-term viability of the ACC. It's tough. I, th- I will say one thing. I don't think the Big 12 is cussing the SEC or Big 10. And so I, I wonder why... It, and there's no talk of the Big 12 looking at ACC teams for expansion because I think the ACC teams are not looking to the Big 12 as a home. So the, the, it's still really going to be driven by SEC and Big 10 expansion desires. And for now, at least, their commissioners, especially on the SEC side, are pretty adamant. They're good. We're good right now. We, we're not looking to add another team. So... Um, and if you're going to take on the grant of rights, you better be sure, as San Diego State found out, you better be sure you have a home before you start making moves. So um, we'll see how it plays out. A lot to look forward to. Friday night, Alpha World Showcase, we're going to be there. It's going to kick off what we think is going to be a very exciting week of football recruiting coverage on the Wolfpacker.com. So sign up for the site. And get ready, buckle up, and let's see how things roll out here over the next week. Hopefully, I'm not overhyping it, but uh, I will. You're not. Okay. And then, uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot happening. So, and then next Wednesday is the first day of preseason camp. I never call it fall camp because it's not fall. I don't know why people call it fall camp. It's it's August 2nd. That's not fall. Like, literally, this is the hottest weekend of the year coming up this weekend in Raleigh. We have heat index warning. So why would anybody call it fall? Anyway, I'm off my tantrum. Um, but we'll be there. 
on the board, provide an update for all of our subscribers of what we're seeing and getting you some premium observation. And of course, all the coverage leading up to that first game, August 31st in Connecticut, 34 days away from the start of the 2023 football season. Uh, reminder, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at the same handle, The Wolf Packer. You can follow Ethan at Ethan M. McDowell on Twitter. You can also get this podcast wherever you may listen to it. Please rate and give us a comment if you will. You can also follow us on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. I got my cool ACC uh, cook-off NC State background on my virtual background to celebrate the occasion. And last but not least, uh, please give a, a look at our sponsor, rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com, for all your natural, legal, safe cannabis needs. Uh, it might help you out with some uh, sleep deprivation or anxiety, chronic pain, whatever you may have. These, these products may be able to help you. So give them a try. Go to their website, and they will be able to guide you to the right product that you may need. So for Ethan McDowell, I'm Matt Carter, and this has been the Wolfpacker Show.